electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Bye, Beck. Uh, good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber. Futures are solid, thanks in large part to Boeing, which is going to add about 90 points to the Dow at the open as the FAA clears the max to resume flight. Couple that with uh, final Pfizer vaccine data, 95% efficacy, and more blowout retail earnings from Target. Our roadmap, though, begins with the MAX set to fly again. The FAA giving the green light to Boeing after a 20-month grounding. Shares are climbing ahead of the open. Plus, Target's earnings, they crush. Lowe's falls a bit short, gauging the COVID consumers. Both retailers see big gains in online sales and in curbside pickup. And the energy sector is coming off its best week ever. More than a 16% gain last week. The CEO of Chevron is going to join us exclusively in this hour. We're going to talk about what is in store, of course, for Chevron's business and the sector. We'll talk about all that with Michael Wirth. Carl. Yeah, we can't wait. Of course, Boeing is the story of the morning, uh, Jim. 617 days on the ground. You got Baird going to outperform with a 306 target today. And I guess we'll... Talk once again about not only how they get this back in the air, American will launch it on the 29th of December, but how they market it to consumers. Look, I think that there is a uh, tragedy timeline. Uh, We had it with Chipotle. We had it with uh, a long, long time ago with Jack in the Box, had it with Taco Bell, which is that people begin to forget. Now, I know the media doesn't forget. But the individual uh, who flies is thinking, well, I want to take Southwest, I want to take American. They're not going to ask, as they would have a year ago, is this the MAX? And then I think also Boeing eventually can phase out the name MAX. It's a well-tested plane. Uh, I know that there are people who say that they'll never want to be on it. But if they want to travel, they're going to be on it. And I think that there's a lot of demand. And I do think that with we couple this with the vaccine news, you start saying, you know what, let me go book something. I want to go somewhere. We don't say, you know what, I want to book something. But, geez, is that going to be the max? Because they're, they're, people just aren't that discerning. I mean, David, the, the average time that people think about something that's a tragedy may not be as, as, as uh, long as we think, even dating back to 9-11. That's true. I think, yeah, well, these days in particular, our memories, I don't know. They tend to, there's so much coming at you, you tend to forget what happened yesterday, let alone That's a good point. the tragedies that happened well over a year ago. But certainly I can remember those peaceful days when we would lead the show every day with the travails of the Max. Uh, long before the pandemic, of course, Boeing was suffering from the fact that it had been removed from service and the continued questions as to when it would be potentially at least uh, okay to go back into service, Jim. So much has happened since then for the company. Not the least of which, of course, is the dramatic diminution of air travel worldwide and continued questions, even when we get back to so-called normal, of what the business traveler is going to really look like and what that's going to mean for demand for Boeing's jets. Company started, by the way, it's, uh, you know, before the max, they had 15 billion in debt. 
before the max problems. Now they have 63 billion. Well, yeah. look, I think the bottom really came when they did that Sunday night offering. Yeah, 26 billion. Uh, 26 billion, which was a lot of people felt uh, uh, could not be done. I think that I'm going to credit I'm going to credit Jay Powell for that. Now, I remember that. In fact, I think I was first to report on that. And uh, that was a big moment overall. I mean, the bond market giveth and saveth. Right. I mean, people don't understand that the bond market is behind even the Carnival Cruises. I see Norwegian offering a lot of stock. I mean, look, everybody's got to offer stock is in travel because people stop traveling. And Carl, look, it's going to take a little bit of time. Before, before people just say, you know what, i got to hop on a plane. But I think it's obvious that they're hopping. Now, and Gary Kelly, who just famously came on the show and said, well, you got to have some place to go, might find that there are places to go. Yes, you can't. You're not going to Milan. Uh, it, it, Paris is off the table. But I, I Where are I'm, you going, Jim? Actually, where am I going? I'm curious about that. Are you going anywhere in the United States? Uh, Florida. Florida? Yeah, my wife's moving to Florida. Okay. Yeah, I was just looking at their, the COVID cases there. Only 7,459. 7, what, to this morning? Uh, yesterday. 20% yesterday? seven day oh, average not, positivity rate. But is that, that's pretty good, right? It's seven, in, 20%? It, no, I mean, California's five. But yeah, no, but I mean, don't, I mean, there's some people in the country who clearly are trying to get the highest score. I call them the COVID sniffers. There are people who actually believe that nothing works except for getting it. Now, and that if you get it over 65 and you die, well, you know what? That's your problem. I didn't mean I to change know. the conversation. My point was really what? it's not clear that anybody's going in. You know, there is some travel taking place, of course. Right. But not much. And then the question continues to be, what's business travel going to look like? Well, How I, many people are going to feel the need to go? You know, certainly there will be business travel. But will it ever return, Carl, to what it was in 2019? Well, Bill Gates would say no. Uh, as he told uh, Andrew yesterday at DealBook, uh, business travel probably gets cut in half, uh, given the ease with which uh, we've become accustomed to doing things uh, remote. Uh, Jim, as you're talking, uh, speaking of places to go, Carnival is canceling all U.S. embarkations uh, through the month of January to January 31. And as for the safety of the airplane, the FAA administrator uh, talked to Phil LeBeau this morning, said he would put his own family on it, and said that the crash scenarios that we saw those two times are impossible now. Take a listen. I'm very proud of the work that uh, the FAA team has done on this airplane. I'm 100% confident. Uh, it's the most scrutinized transport airplane in history, uh, and it's, it's ready to go. So less than an hour ago, I rescinded the uh, grounding order that had been put in place in March of last year. We've got, uh, this is not the end of this uh, safety journey. There's a lot of work that the airlines and the FAA and Boeing will have to do in the coming weeks and months. Uh, but we are entering a new phase uh, with respect to the 737 MAX. So, Jim, you can buy a ticket now uh, from Miami to New York on American uh, on December 29th, and that'll be on the MAX. UAL out just now saying they do plan to fly it in Q1 as well. Yeah, look, I, I think, again, you'll book a plane. I don't think you'll say to whoever you're saying, or unless it's a live person, meaning that's a a company that actually has bots. Uh, well, what is that one? Is that a 737 Max? No, people aren't going to do that. They're just going to go. And, and just to clarify, why is my wife going to go to Florida other than to get away from me, as she has for most of the year, um, is that it's uh, she feels that the cold 
is going to make it so that more people are going to get COVID. Now, she's not going to go to a packed bar, which apparently Florida has a lot of. But, David, there is something to be said of the cold as being a major, a major uh, extender of this uh, of this illness. And I think Thanksgiving is going to be something to behold in the sense that we have the ticking time bomb people, um, the young people who are asymptomatic. No doubt. No doubt, Jim. Right. I'm reading a note here from, again, I get the global COVID-19 update and some analysis of it. Further significant spread to the coast over the course of November. Risk of co-infection with seasonal flu remains a key variable heading into the northern hemisphere winter, as you're just saying. And the reproduction in the U.S. is 1.15 right now. Epidemic doubling time, 48 days. Their estimate, by the way, is we could have uh, 18 million cases before the end. I believe it was before the end of the year. Okay, so yeah. David, 18 million. Let me give you the, the um, devil's advocate. Okay. Well, but it's 0.45, no different from the flu. I mean, you're not going to, uh, it, it, people aren't dying at the same rate. It, it, they aren't dying at the same rate. There are an awful lot of people being hospitalized, and you know well that that's not the you. case. You shouldn't even repeat those things, Jim. About well, the flu. I said something about uh, Speaker Nancy Pelosi to try to get the debate open about how horrible it is, is what the president said to her. I know, and I was pilloried. Well, you shorthanded it. Well, I shorthanded it. I did yeah. it wrong. Yeah. I apologized a gazillion times, but people still hate me. And I, you know what, David, it's my cross to bear. But I do think that what matters is that the healthcare workers are overwhelmed. Uh, they don't really have a great spokesperson for them. No. I mean, the woman in South Dakota, but there yeah. I mean, there's a, a sense that we don't really care about them. And you know what? You can you can keep the number of deaths down, but you got to get a bed. You got to get what a bed. What are we going to get? Field hospitals? No. Is this going to be like the burning of Atlanta scene, David, and going with the wind? I certainly hope not. But to your point, Jim, if the hospitals do get to the point of max capacity and they can't take people they otherwise would, then your death rate's going to start to go up because people are not going to be getting the treatment they otherwise could. Well, I, yeah. Um, and obviously, we've said many times, thankfully, we know how to treat the disease far better in the hospital setting. There are certain things that can be used, uh, uh, drugs as well. Right. I mean, the, the steroid. But um, but if you're going to get to the point where you can't even have people who cure no more beds, then you got a problem. Well, you, you've got a country that is so <laughs> good at this, that has uh, more than a billion people. That's crushing it in the economy, putting people to work, having a great time. And Eunice Yu was there this morning. Carl, the pictures of China reminded me of of just everyone having a super time, making a lot of money, uh, buying some of our products because they had a picture of Starbucks. But that that piece was one both uplifting, Carl, and Eunice is so good. And also, like, how did we became a we became a fifth rate power because of this? And they're they're taking away. And what was it? It's contact tracing. Yeah, I once I when I went to Lib Bernardin at David's uh, recommendation, they asked me. Uh, they took my temperature. Well, you know, in yeah, China they do um, contact tracing. They know where you are every minute, and we don't allow. They, we have yeah. a live free or die plan of which that latter choice is kind of in play. So I don't know, Carl. And we we do have. We are. We do have personal and individual freedom, Jim. And yep. that's, that uh, has an effect on, on mitigation. It does bring us to the Pfizer uh, final phase three number, though, Jim, 95%. Uh, side effects relatively tame here. 3% had fatigue, 2% had headache. They say they'll ask for emergency use authorization within days now, Jim. FDA panel going to meet on December 8th through the 10th. 
So we could literally be uh, jabbing arms uh, before the end of the year here. I'm ready. It's the spokesperson for the Amer- American Migraine Foundation. Uh, I was getting about 20 headaches. This is a nice reduction in headaches. I think that <laughs> if that's all that you have to get, I mean, anyone who's suffered, suffered like the shingles vaccine and, or gotten the flu from the flu vaccine, of which you only have 50% saving, I think, David, you know, just jab me, will you? Oh, without a doubt. Jab me. Bring it on. Bring it on for all of us. I'll jab you if you jab me. I will do it. I will do it. Um, yeah, I've. Uh, this is the good news. And it's nice to end on some, what do you got, at least some good news. No, 95%. So Moderna's 94.5%. Pfizer's 95%. These are incredibly effective. They're going to be available, at least in, to some extent, soon. And we'll get started, Carl. Uh, with the vaccination of our population and conceivably get to the other side of this. Join me, David. I'm trying to get in every trial again. I will not be denied this time. By the way, Carl, they don't know who you are. I could pull all the visitors. Like when we tried, it's like McKesson. It's like, I'm Jim Cramer. I didn't really do this, but you have that image of, you know, who the heck is that? Senator Cramer from the Dakotas? It doesn't matter, Carl. It's just, they're just taking the people they want to take. Uh, guys, as David said earlier, a big hour still ahead. Uh, we'll talk to Mike Worth of Chevron. Uh, we'll talk about some of the retail numbers rolling in from Target. E-commerce, once again, a standout. And we'll keep an eye out for uh, Dow 30K as we get the opening bell in about uh, 17 minutes. Don't go anywhere. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. As we talk to consumers, you know, they're looking for certainty around when is this virus going to be behind us? When will there be a vaccine? What's going to happen with the economy? When do kids go back to school? And none of us today have that answer. If I could package up certainty, it would be the top selling item I sold at Target today. So as we think to 2021, we've got to be really flexible and adapt to the current and changing environment. That's Brian Cornell, of course, CEO of Target. And that is the focus of our mad dash. What do you think of the quarter? Wow. I mean, I think that this was so impressive that I think people are going to stay with Target. Uh, It was uh, magnificent and the digital comparable store sales, 155 percent. I don't even know how you do that. I don't either. But that's because of shipped. Uh, Like, David, one day uh, I went to Dylan Reebok, who's a staff member of Mad Money. I said, I don't have a belt. So we'll call shipped. Two hours later, really nice belt. Really? Yes. Oh, you got to use shipped. I mean, you can just, you know, it's like we can get Alexa and ship together. It's like, Alexa, send David a new tie that's nicer than the one he's wearing. That could be done. I mean, pretty much any tie. Uh, So I do think that people have to remember that Brian Cornell has pulled off. Oh, stop it. Brian Cornell has pulled off one of the great turns. Yep. He doesn't get enough credit. To his point, so no certainty, still not giving us any guidance. Well, I'm going to give you a highly fluid and uncertain outlook for consumer shopping patterns. I think he's going to crush the holiday season. You do? Yes, because it's fun. You go in. There are fewer people going to be going in, though. Well, it doesn't matter. You shipped. So 
Right. I mean, you th- obviously they're going to be relying a lot on their digital strategy. As well, I, well. I don't go in anymore. Every reason. I don't go in anymore. You don't. No, I don't. I am a total shipped user. Why am I going to go in? Will you go, in, will you go back in after the pandemic? You will. After you the love, pandemic, of course I'm going to go you back love in. Shopping. I'm right. going to go aisle by aisle. Right. I love going aisle by aisle. It's right. like one of the greatest things. Hey, by the way, I have to say the existential crisis of Kohl's has been solved what? by some great merchandise. Kohl's. Kohl's. Wait, you were negative on Kohl's yesterday. Well, I mean, they did better. I mean, come on. Right. What about I mean, I'm the other name? On, I'm negative on the Panthers, but if, McC- you know, if McCaffrey came back, I'd be positive. All right, we didn't get to Lowe's, but we will around the bell. We will around Lowe's because people saw that stock is not as bad as it looks. Okay, stop selling the Lowe's. It's like selling Walmart yesterday at one at one forty nine. Hey, we have Mike Worth today. Yeah, we do. From Chevron. There's a look at Lowe's. It is going to be down sharply. And we got Mike Worth coming up and we got an opening bell coming up. How'd you get Worth? I really like it. We got some Jamie Dimon comments from the DealBook conference with Andrew. DealBook has what he has, Gandhi, and then he has. Yeah, it goes on and on. Yeah, LeBron. I mean, you know, Babe Ruth. Yes. I know. Ted Ted Williams, who was cryogenic, he's got him. Then he'll do the Torah portion after that. (laughs) All right. We're coming right back. The spirit of performance defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura has been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Jim, of course, uh, we've been monitoring Jamie Dimon's appearance at uh, the DealBook conference with our Andrew Ross Sorkin. Take a listen to his comments about the, well, at the very least, messy transition going on right now. And we're asked to help be part of the solution. So CEOs should work on collaboration and work on jobs and skills and all the things that help make it a better society, not just the things that help their own business. So that's just one more thing. We need a peaceful transition. We had an election. We have a new president. We should have unity. To that, we should support that, whether you liked or not with the election outcome or you should. 
Hmm. Wow. Yeah. We had some issues there, but you heard him basically. We should support a peaceful transition regardless of which side you're on, um, said Mr. Diamond. Of course, he continues to have that conversation, Jim, which we continue to monitor. Um, he said it's not like, uh, you know, whether you like it or not, because it's based on the system of faith and trust. Right. I've been following uh, Michael Semblis, who's their top strategist. And he's uh, raised certain issues about the prospect of uh, this not being over so quickly, the challenges. Um, and I think it's all kind of it's a unique thing to have endless challenges and possibly the uh, notion of the president not leaving the White House, David. And you know what? Every time I mention that, people laugh at me. But why? Why is that funny? Carl, what makes him, why, why is he vulnerable? Why can't he just stay there? What, who's going to, the federal marshals? I, I, I just don't see who's going to get him out of the White House. Why should he leave? I, I mean, mean what, um, is it, what does it matter to him? I'm not sure I understand the question. Why should he leave? Well, no, I mean, how, who's going to get him out? If he thinks he's been well, honestly the Secret elected, Service. the Secret Service, they're all sick. No, I'm not kidding. I mean, <laughs> we are getting there. Are, there are people in the legal community who are saying that as long as the challenges are still on, he will say that he has every right to stay there. I mean, look, he's a unique figure in American history. Uh, remember when, like, Andrew Jackson turned the White House into stables, bought horses? Well, I don't remember it, but I have read about it. Well, he's on the 20, for heaven's sake. Right. Mm-hmm. And maybe uh, Trump's bucking for being on the, I don't know, the 73. I, I do think um, that this is we are making way too little of what's going on. You believe that. All right. Yes, I do. Days. I mean, no, last listen, night we were uh, Michigan. No, I know last night, Michigan. Uh, that was tough. Not certifying the vote in Wayne County, at least for a period of a few hours before they reversed themselves and did. Right. Um, obviously, the president firing uh, Mr. Krebs. Right. Um, Wasn't that significant? More to come. It certainly feels significant. Yeah, that's right. I mean, what, and of course, continuing to, lately? continuing to completely deny what appears to certainly be uh, a victory by Mr. Biden of 306 electoral votes. Well, they don't have a pl- no one has a plan um, to say he's, he's got to leave. Popular vote. No one has a those plan. States. Yeah, right. I'd like to see the plan for how he has to leave just in case he changes his mind. Uh, I don't see the Republican senators breaking ranks, Carl. I think we're making far too little of this. I think the man is firmly believing he ain't leaving. We know that he is probably the most litigious uh, president we've ever had. But, I mean, in the past, uh, there there was a settlement. You pay a fee. You move on. You claim victory in some strange way. There's no way to do that after January 20th. No. And he's got, what, uh, Giuliani, uh, late of the... um, uh, Baron Sasha Cole movie. Uh, b- b- really uh, going to Pennsylvania, David. And I, I, yeah, again, but, uh, I think we're making I don't know, Carl, what have they lost? 26 times so far or lost? I mean, I think they're, it depends on how you look at it, but yep. most people are going with one and one and 25. One and 25. Oh, yeah. 25 and, and one. Uh, right. Depending if you look at that one case on the number of on the number of ballots affected, right in terms of uh, making assertions clearly, of fraudulent, yeah, fraudulent assertions to judges who basically it, said, "Where's the evidence?" and said, "I well, don't see anything." Look, uh, we just had Jamie Dimon on. The reason that's why I mention this because Michael Semblis is an amazing strategist, and he has continually reminded us that this thing is not over. So I'm look, Semblis is a lot better. Than I am in trying to figure out whether he's over or not. 
and he's done a huge amount of work, David, and there's just no evidence that the president feels any reason to vacate the White House. Well, listen, he's president for another couple of months, uh, and uh, I think most people still fully believe that when that day comes on noon on the 20th of January, he'll vacate the premises. I think not that prior it's to that. more important that he believes it. I don't think I watch him on Twitter. He's I think he's kind of adamant. That's true. That's true. Carl, it is interesting. So, Jim, just Sorry. out of curiosity, well, yeah, go ahead. while we're on it, um, if January 20 comes and he literally refuses to vacate, what's that worth uh, to the market? Well, I think that's going to be, I don't think it's going to be that great a day for the market. I don't think it's like an instant buying opportunity. Uh, but you know what? The uh, Robin Hood, okay, the people, the, the younger people, uh, looks like they're going to come public. And I think the younger people are going to say, well, I, this can't last forever. So um, let's go buy some uh, Royal Caribbean. I thought you say, let's just go on a cruise. Uh, well, they, <laughs> no, they have, they have the good sense not to do it yeah. yet. I just think, look, I, this is Sembolus's view. Um, he's just continually talking about the possibility. And I just think that uh, I am echoing some of the facts that he has put in my head because he is the finest. And he advises Jamie pretty closely, David. He does. I, no, I'm glad well, you brought it up. Look, I, I yeah, wouldn't bring I it up. It was, if I, I think it was CBS. It. I think it was CBS this morning, guys, who said even though uh, he's tweeting that he won the election, falsely claiming he's acting like a president who's already uh, getting ready to clear out his desks. If you look at things like the firing of Chris Krebs uh, last night. But, guys, that's a, a back burner discussion, at least for now, because Boeing, Jim, is up better than 5%. Yeah, well, look, this is, uh, uh, it's really interesting, Carl. This is an obvious thing. Uh, it, people have been saying for days that this is going to happen. But then when it happens, uh, the obvious does not necessarily bring out sellers. We always had a market, David, where you sold the news. Here we have a market where people buy the news. It's an odd market, David. It's a market of the obvious. Uh, all right. Well, I'm um, sorry. Getting out of can- uh, shot there as I reach for Lowe's what earnings again. I was reaching for Lowe's earnings. But I'm talking about Boeing. I know you are, but I want to get ready for Lowe's because it was also responding to the to what weren't great or at least some perceived as great earnings. We, we could stay on Boeing for a minute, but you, were, no, you mentioned um, during the mad dash you thought it was overdone. It I, was yeah, open, I said it was a buy down, down 11. less than it looked like it would, and it's already coming it's back. 30 percent comps to sales. They spent a fortune helping the workers. OK, yep. I think that we all admit that that's something that is good and a good investment. Marvin Ellison is turning around the uh, what was really a terrible omnichannel. And this company was acting the, the, the sellers were acting as if there was no uh, press release. They just saw the number and they said so. Marvin Ellison is turning this company around. And if you want to bet against him, I think it's a fool's errand. All right. But to be fair, it is up nicely. It's had a very good run. Yeah. Perhaps not as strong as, well, actually, roughly in line. Walmart's up 24% for the year. You I can see Walmart these guys up great. 27%. Yeah. I, I thought Walmart was terrific. Look, Lowe's isn't going to be up as much as these other guys because it didn't, it, it didn't you do the number. But Walmart's down 25%. I think we're kind of done with the selling of Walmart. There right. were too many people who raised the price target, Carl. These raising price targets is, is another thing that I find is uh, Captain Obvious. It's like, oh, raise the price targets. Let's go buy the stock. There is a, a lot of young investors whom I think see, see good news and they buy. And the older investors are in uh, index funds. So they don't know how to sell anyway. 
Right. Well, Jim, I thought it was interesting. McMillan on the call yesterday, and I'm quoting here, um, the company is changing and shaping its business model. The way we we make money today and the way we'll make money in the future will be more multifaceted, whether it's marketplace or advertising, Walmart Plus fulfillment and other things to come in the future. That's McMillan. I mean, it's it's no longer about just being a retailer. It's about being a an advertising media delivery yes. sort of colossus. And this is the beginning of the the recognition that the brick and mortar is uh, warehouses all over the country. They have more warehouses than Amazon. They're doing a lot of good things. This is uh, Jet, which they bought that is no longer Jet. It, it makes a ton of sense. Uh, I think that Walmart is giving Amazon a run. But there's room for everyone in Amazon. There's some recommendations today, Amazon, saying, think about what they're doing, a lot of forward stuff. But, David, when we look at the ones, when we look at what I call watch, which is Walmart, Amazon, Target, Costco, and Home Depot, yep. we come up with companies that are being very, very original. And Home Depot is the one that's not doing that well because people feel, well, you know what? We're going, we're done with the, the home office. Okay. Because we're going to go back. And I think that that's a false premise. No one's going back. No one's going back ever or nobody's going well, back. I mean, the maybe, next they couple go, of months. maybe they force us to go back. No, nobody's going back anytime soon. Right. It'll be, I mean, listen, we go through all the companies. Really, it's still going to be June, July of next year. Many companies, certainly with distributed workforces now, people are all over the place. They've got their kids in different school districts. There's a reason why you've got those dates sort of towards the end of June. And part of that is is as you point out, Jim. And then the larger question is how much of a, of a workforce will continue to be distributed, so to speak, and work remotely even after, thankfully, we are through this uh, well, pandemic. Nikesh Aurora, who's got one of the best stocks of the year, which is uh, Palo Alto Networks, says it's going to be a choice that people will choose. Yep. And that's something, Carl, that I, I am shocked. I mean, in the old days, if they told you to uh, jump in a lake, you would say, okay, which lake? The one in Central Park? Now it's like jumping a leg is like, you know, boss, are you kidding me? I'm not coming in. The, the workers are telling the bosses. Yeah. It's a whole new game. It's kind of subversive. It's like the NBA. Yeah. Uh, Jim, I, we're, which we're going to talk about a little bit later uh, regarding the draft and everything else. I do want to get you on, on Tesla while we have time, Jim, uh, because Jonas finally goes to overweight I know. at Morgan Stanley, goes to 540. Uh, the only... Uh, to only value Tesla on car sales alone ignores the multiple businesses embedded within the company. Yeah, I mean, um, it, it, not, I think it was his brother. Analyst move. It was like his brother that did that. Did what? The Tesla piece. Oh. Jo- Jonas Brothers. <laughs> oh, I get it. Yeah. I mean, because suddenly it's like, they, uh-huh. it, Carl, he's talking about the ecosystem and how the software's not being. Where was all this stuff in 300 and 200 and 100? Where was it? Where was it? Yep. Not, not only that, Jim, but uh, Reuters really quick says that GM will roll out an expanded EV strategy and spending plan tomorrow, Reuters says. So we're, it's going to get interesting here next, uh, next few weeks and months. Well, I, I just think that there's so many. I mean, I had Lordstown on last night. We yeah. Got, uh, we got Rivian coming. Yeah. I uh, know. They, it actually... It's actually worth talking to Mike Worth Fisker. about, right? I mean, you know what we should, Can we get pulls a lot of oil out of the ground? Can we get Mike Worth from Chevron? Yeah. Can you do that? No, so let's. let's you mean ask like him. like Andrew Sorkin's able to get people? You got someone? <laughs> <laughs> you, 
He just knows how to get me. All right. You can say shares of Chevron are up a bit this morning. They've had a very strong week, by the way. Of course, the vaccine data from Pfizer and Moderna has helped energy stocks uh, and the market uh, over this last week or so. Joining us now, as we said, is Michael Wirth. He's the chairman and CEO of Chevron. Michael, always good to have you. Uh, and nice to see you on Squawk on the Street for a change. Um, you know, I'd love you to weigh in, actually, longer term, of course, just the conversation we were having. We have it so often in the morning, whether it's talking about Tesla or Rivian or Neo or going through all of these companies, as small a market share as they have, EVs coming. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon. How does a Chevron prepare for that eventuality? Well, we've seen EVs coming for quite some time. You know, our, our company's headquartered in California. California's had a zero emission vehicle mandate going back 25 years. So this is a technology that has been emerging, and we certainly see in the developed economies uh, continued progress. Uh, but it's important to remember a couple of things. Number one, only 25% of a barrel of oil ends up in light-duty vehicle transportation, so 75% in other um, uses. And then the uh, demand growth is driven very broadly around the world, particularly in the emerging economy where people don't have vehicles today. So our central planning case includes hundreds of millions of electric vehicles up from single digits today uh, in just the next 20 years. And so we certainly have uh, an expectation that we'll see these companies succeed. We'll see electric vehicles penetrate uh, into the economy. And yet, even in spite of that, Demand for our products is still expected to continue to grow. Um, when we talk about your company and others do, they talk about your balance sheet, which remains the strongest of your peers. Uh, nobody talks about your dividend being in any risk. Um, your portfolio rationalization was largely completed pre-pandemic. Um, but at the same time, it's not like your stock's really going up over a period of time. It's down 27% this year, despite what many say is being the best in a bad neighborhood. Any hopes for reversing that, that you actually start to see a stock price that's up for the year? Well, we recognize that our sector has been under a lot of pressure, as many others have, through the pandemic. But we were facing some of these pressures prior to the pandemic. It's a large and relatively mature sector of the economy that is a slow growth uh, uh, business. Uh, frankly, the industry overinvested for growth, particularly here in the United States, and hasn't created strong free cash flow and strong returns. And I think investors uh, have been clearly signaling that they expect uh, better performance out of the sector. Uh, you mentioned some things where I think we're different. Uh, I boil our strategy down to four simple words. Higher returns, lower carbon. And we're working on both of those and making good progress. And I think it's a, it's a long cycle business. And as we stay with uh, the fundamentals and grind our way forward to higher returns, and to lower carbon, uh, we will continue to offer a good value proposition for, for investors. How important is it that you communicate that lower carbon theme to, uh, to an investor base that perhaps you don't have right now but, but may want? Uh, we, we, we talk so often about um, money that is now under an ESG mandate that's growing and growing and seemingly not coming towards you. How do you change that? You know, Exxon, in their last release, Michael, I made note of it, talked about breakthrough technology they can scale that removes carbon dioxide directly from the atmosphere. I mean, is that what it's going to take for you guys to sort of uh, find new shareholders? Well, I think, look, we've got we've to deal with higher returns, lower carbon means we've got to do what's good for shareholders and what's good for the environment. 
and you can't over-index on one and not the other. That's, that's not sustainable. And so we're working hard to do both. Now, there's a couple of things that, that we don't think create value for shareholders. Number one would be for us to exit businesses that we're good at, that we're very good at, world-class at, and enter businesses where we have no competitive advantage. Uh, that's not good for shareholders. And it's also not good for shareholders if we sell assets to reduce the carbon footprint of our portfolio and we divest them to others who may not, not operate at the environmental standards that we do. So we intend to uh, be part of a lower carbon energy system in the future. We're working to reduce the carbon intensity of our operations today to increase the use of renewables. And we've made recent announcements on renewable natural gas, renewable diesel, uh, renewable uh, base oils that uh, we're bringing into the market now. And we're investing in breakthrough technologies like the ones that you, you, you mentioned uh, from uh, one of our competitors. Uh, we need to find things that are commercial and scalable that can be part of the solution. But we have to balance shareholder returns and shareholder interests with what's good for the planet. And that's our strategy. Well, Mike, it's always great to see you. And I think you're the most thoughtful of the majors. Uh, and I wanted to ask you, there's some really interesting land that's developing up in uh, the uh, Arctic National, where the polar bears are, where there's hundreds of thousands, so you don't really need them all. And the president's offering this, and even though there's a lot of uh, land in the Permian, how about an opportunity to drill, baby drill, in the Arctic National Wildlife Preserve? I mean, what a chance, right? The refuge? Well, look, Jim, we are uh, in favor of responsible access to land for responsible development. And so, uh, you know, that's conditioned upon the right kinds of uh, environmental uh, practices in place. Can you just call it idiotic, practices. Mike, please? Call it idiotic. Pardon? You think it's idiotic. Why don't you just call it that? No one's going to no, get mad at you. We, we, we have a lease in Alaska. We've had a lease in Alaska since the 1980s. In fact, there's only been one well drilled in the uh, Alaska National Wildlife Refuge, and we were a 50% partner in that well a but number a of statement. decades ago. How about so, a statement just saying, look, this is not what we need. We have plenty in the Permian. That's a terrific place for, the, for our children and for our grandchildren, because you think like I do. And this is how you think. And I think that people don't know. You care more about the environment than any of the oil people. This is such a great opportunity. The guy's going to be out of there unless he decides he's going to barricade himself. You know the new president's going to say it's not such a good idea. How about standing with the new president and saying, you know what, there's so much land in the lower 48 that we can drill. We don't really need to be among the polar bears. Well, Jim, we've got a global portfolio of opportunities, and so we'll make a decision about where we drill based on uh, the entire set of opportunities that we have, and certainly our Permian position is very, very strong, and we're committed to protecting the environment. So I, I, I agree with everything you're saying. There you go. All right. Now, how about <laughs> hyd green hydrogen? You have the ability, because you guys are, you do refining, you are scientists, you have a long history of science, and I don't know if people know the CEOs of Chevron, they have always been the scientists. And can't you be the guy who produces, say, in 2030, the green hydrogen that Elon Musk thinks is a foolish cell? Because you'd be the guy. You'd be the guy I trust. Well, I hope, I hope we are the company that does that. I'm a chemical engineer. Our company's run by engineers and scientists, and we're working on hydrogen. We see a lot of promise in hydrogen. Uh, we were part of the hydrogen highway in California decades ago. We just opened a hydrogen refueling station in South Korea that offers uh, traditional fuels, electricity, and hydrogen. And we're working on both blue and green hydrogen technologies to try to find a way to generate hydrogen economically and with a low carbon footprint 
a lot of work to be done. Uh, you're battling the basic laws of thermodynamics and physics in doing this. Uh, but we're, we're very optimistic about hydrogen as part of a long-term mix that's a lower carbon energy system, which is what we expect and what we intend to continue to be successful in. Uh, Michael, finally, uh, I mean, Jim mentioned, of course, the Arctic National Wildlife uh, Area um, and what would be a change, certainly we expect, in a couple of months when the Biden administration comes in. Hopefully, maybe nobody even shows up to bid on that, on that land. But more specifically to what your expectations are under a new administration, which conceivably is going to have more restrictive measures that it pursues, perhaps, for your business. Is it a concern? We've been around for over 140 years. We've worked with administrations from both sides of the political aisle in this country and many different philosophies around the world. And we look to find common ground uh, everywhere that we operate. And, and governments around the world care about their economies, they care about employment, and they care about the environment. And we look to find a place where we can find common ground on policies that support those. And certainly today in this country, uh, we've got uh, an economic uh, uh, you know, recession that we're in that we're looking to come out of. We've got unemployment that's, that's higher than anybody would like it to be. And, uh, and we've got concerns about the environment. And I think we can work. Uh, our industry is a big contributor to uh, all three of those dimensions of, uh, of the United States. And we'll seek common ground with this administration just as we have with, with all that came uh, before it. All right. And very quickly price of a barrel of oil. Many say your break even roughly in the 44 or so, 43. Do you think oil is going to stay above that? You know, predicting oil prices is, uh, is something you'd think our industry would be good at, but I've learned uh, we need to stick to the basics. And so uh, the price of oil in the future will be lower than it is today. It'll be higher. I can't tell you the exact, exact trajectory. We've got a, um, some positive news on the horizon with these uh, vaccines. And so in the short term, uh, we're facing a rough few months. Uh, longer term, I think we've got a, a trajectory to a better economy, which certainly supports prices. But we're going to stay focused on a strong balance sheet, supporting our dividend and maintaining our dividend, capital discipline, cost discipline. There's a number of dimensions where I think we've really differentiated ourselves versus the industry. We've done M&A at a, you know, a low yep. point in the cycle and added good assets. And so we're going to stick to the fundamentals of our business and not, uh, not chase a, a price belief, but uh, the, we're going to you know, focus on the fundamentals that drive value. Got it. Yeah, we didn't get to the noble deal, of course, as you've mentioned with M&A. But Mike, we appreciate you taking some time. I look forward to having you back. Michael Worth, Chairman and CEO of Chevron. Good to see you, David. Jim. Mm. He's a Guys, uh, we're back above 29.9, not quite to Monday's highs. Let's get to Rick Santelli. Hey, Rick. Hi, Carl. You know, this morning we had a really robust housing number. Housing starts were up 1.53 million. But what I want to point out real quickly is single family starts continue to just foil ahead the highest level since 2007, 13 years. Now, if you look at the intraday of 10s, you can see that we've come off the lowest yields right after the release of that 830 housing starts and permits number. By the way, they were good. Rates are moving up just a bit. A week-to-date chart shows though, that we have been drifting lower. And if you open the chart up to August 1st, this encompasses everything. On the 4th, you had the all-time low yield close, a half of 1%, 0.50. And the highs, the highs in the first week of November at 96 on a closing basis. So you can see we're more towards the upper end of the range, and we do have a cushion with regard to the lowest level ever. And if you go to the euro versus dollar right now, it's hovering close to the best levels since the end of August. Carl, Jim, David, back to you.
All right, Rick, thank you very much. Got most sectors in the green this morning, with the exception of utilities and healthcare basically flat. VIX below 23. Uh, we'll watch that closely. Dow's up 145. Squawk on the streets back after a break. I agree with Musk. I'm not, I'm not worried. I'm just saying focus on right. the job at hand. We've got to get the vaccine out. We've got to get keep right now. We've got to have to get people safer. And we you know you, you're seeing a skyrocketing of COVID just about every part of not just America, of the world. So we got to get through this. So I think it's a mistake to take our eye off that ball. And we need some of that fiscal stimulus. This is childish behavior on the part of our politicians. We need to help the citizens of America. And, you know, and let's just get through it. I'd say clearly frustrated Jamie Dimon talking to Andrew Ross Sorkin at the Deal Book Conference about the stimulus logjam guys. Uh, says if I was the one running the negotiation, I would walk out with the deal, even if it cost me points. 
uh, says business travel probably doesn't need to go down 50 like Bill Gates suggested yesterday and says he's never coveted the job of Treasury Secretary, but says he would help whoever has it. Well, he did point out that he is a patriot first uh, and a patriot would try to get a deal to save a lot of jobs. I think he, he's right against once again, David, he does represent a kind of a common sense view of hiring people, people at work. Yes. Kind of things that Veterans I think too. that we all I think we respect a mm-hmm. lot of his views. Yeah. No, whenever you listen to Jamie, he always it seems to me to make a lot of sense. I mean, of course, he has his detractors, but. Certainly a breath of fresh air when it comes to politics, uh, yes. which he apparently will never actually enter, Carl. It surely doesn't sound like it today. Um, <laughs> there's always the future. Uh, Dow's up 64. Nasdaq's gone red. We're back after a break. Jim, Teladoc tonight. Yeah, the people really want to know whether this company's got too much competition. We're going to look at that. We, are, we have Biohaven, which has the answer to uh, migraine. as the head of the American Migraine Foundation. I can tell you that. And I have analysis of hydrogen. And who's going to win in hydrogen? And I know David is passionately interested in hydrogen, so watch. Hey, David, is it, is it brilliant to drill in the National Wildlife Refuge? I don't think so. You don't? No. Ill-advised? Idiotic. Oh, jeez. There you go. Yeah, but it's well. going to be a great show, Carl, and I cannot <laughs> wait. All right, Jim, we'll see you tonight. Yep. Uh, Mad Money, of course, 6 p.m. Eastern time. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. 